Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Friends Podcast, man. Thank yes, you so sir. much for joining us. If it's your first time, thank you for coming through because we appreciate all the listeners, new and old, man. So I am Matt, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey, my name is Rod, and this is the Friends Podcast. Make sure you check us out. We're streaming everywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Also, make sure you check out our socials. We're on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at the Friends Pod. Yes, sir. Things heating up over on TikTok and on uh, on the YouTube shorts, man. It's looking pretty good. So, yeah, definitely check us out. But without further ado, we can go ahead and get into, you know, Shout out to episode. the social media manager. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Shout out to her. Um, it's always good to have somebody that, you know, kind of buys into the vision and just kind of like does good work, you know? Yeah. Like, it's and, a good uh, feeling. Improves over time. That's what we like to see because we're proving too. So, we want to see everybody working for us improve as well so shout out to her so what's been going on with you this week you know these past seven days uh this past week it's been very chill there's been like a lot of networking events that's been going on at my job there was some united way luncheon um that we had it was for volunteering and giving money to the program they give you um pretty much a reward lunch if you reach a certain percentage of people who in your group who donated or volunteered or whatever so that's what we had that with our whole department so i got to meet a lot more people from the team Mm -hmm. um it's good food went to a mexican restaurant okay okay. uh it was order whatever you wanted i ordered the most expensive thing i could find you already know like it was one of them hot skillet plates when you go to them restaurants. Oh, like fajitas and shit? Yeah. Yeah, the whole I had the whole shit. I had Damn. fucking I had some stuff I didn't even know. <laughs> you know, uh what's the name? Like what's the other bird that tastes like chicken? Maybe it was quail. You had quail? Yeah, it was quail, chicken, steak. It was it was a bunch of shit. That sounds like a fancy Mexican restaurant, though. I ain't never had quail, but that shit was fire. For real? Damn. Yeah. It was. It tastes like pretty much a more saltier chicken. That's how I would explain it. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, I did get a speeding ticket. So, I'm about to fight Damn. that shit. You wasn't speeding? Nah, I don't believe so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what you had up? I mean, you know, same old shit. I had a I had a presentation at work where I had to, you know, I'm not very good at public speaking, which is, you know, why I do a podcast because it's easy it's easy just to talk to somebody that I've been knowing for, you know, years versus talking to like a group of 80 people. 80 like, people? You know, yeah, it's, it's like just me and it's just like damn. Was it only your team or like your your group in general or was it like everybody multiple people all throughout the company? Cause that's the difference. It was just my team, but most of the motherfuckers, I don't know them like that. But so it was me and this other guy that I've been working with with this on a special project, and you know he went first. You know, did his five minutes. I did my five minutes, and um, I got good feedback. So you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I thought I was up there with the shaky voice. I don't know if you ever been like scared when you was pre- presenting before, and you just like, oh uh, yeah, I, like no, yeah, you know, I, I fucked up back in college. Like I did some special event, and I completely broke down like i could not finish i was sweating could not speak damn for real it was it was bad there was people in the crowd that was literally laughing and i was just <laughs> looking at them oh my god like damn. i was dying up there and, I, and, and it was things like i wanted to say something and i'm just looking at the crowd and i'm just sweating and i'm just like why ain't no words coming out like what the fuck's going on like I, was like, I got this. But it was just like, nothing was coming out my mouth. Like, right, right. That was the only time I ever was like that. Like, I completely just shut down. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Wait, why? Was it like a, a, a bunch of people? Or like, what was it for? You remember? It was a, a presentation for some engineering team, business group. We all came up with our own ideas and presented them. Okay, okay. And uh, yeah, like... In the beginning, we was practicing and everything. Like I knew, I was like, "Yeah, I got this. Like I'll do this part. I'll do this part. Like I'll do a lot of speaking." Like I was saying all that shit in the beginning. Then we got up there, and Man. just 
There was there's probably also one other time where so it was actually two times. Yeah, I don't not, know what it is. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. So the uh, the first time was was actually ESA, and uh, but it wasn't. It was the the second program with the uh, research. So it was like that group, and then you know I don't know if you did it or not. I don't remember you being mm-hmm. there. I wasn't there. Okay, I don't know why. Like you should have been there. I don't even know what you're talking about. You said a research. What? What is? It? Yeah, it's the research program afterwards. Like after ESSA, you join another group, and it's like basically research, and you work on it. Me and Viet did it. No, I don't think I did that. I was probably yeah, it was during hired. the summer. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a whole program we did. Yeah. Uh, but pretty much, you do research <laughs> with uh, someone at the college, and then you have like a presentation at like it's like a conference, and you have to do your what you've been working on throughout research and talk about it. Um, it's kind of like, the, it's the idea of getting you ready for what your masters would be like. And so you kind of froze up a little bit too? Yeah, because I had like a terrible um, professor, like who was assigned to me throughout the program. Like he wasn't doing shit for real. Like he was just never really around. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wasn't, really available so just like i'll just try to like bullshit throughout the entire program like they'll make <laughs> us like present through each week like we had a board in a certain time limit and uh yeah i would just walk up there and like i'll, I'll just like come up with some ideas i'm gonna talk about and try to like stretch it in like conversation yeah i i, I bullshit i was just making jokes and like writing shit on the board and like drawing shit like that's how that's how I used to like spend time like just like waste some time. Yeah. Like I started drawing shit on the board in like diagrams and be like, so this flow like you start off with this and then it leads into this oh and then this God. is what we're gonna do around. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bunch oh of BS. God. I think the thing that's hard about it for me is like knowing that people in the audience don't really give a fuck about what I'm saying, you know, or maybe me just feeling like they don't give a fuck, you know. Cause they don't yeah you know what i mean because I've, I've sat in audiences before when i was like oh my god can this guy stop talking you know it depends the audience though that's true that is true yeah and so if you're like, there with people who are trying to learn from you then they're going to be listening then but that's true look, that's true a, a group like that like a bunch of college students and shit and yeah, niggas ain't really gonna be listening like that. Not at all. <laughs> niggas trying to go go to Rick's or go to uh, Harper's or some shit. Like trying to get this done with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but yeah, I had that experience. It was it was good. I think it's um it was a learning experience because I know what I need to do better next time. And I don't know. I don't I don't really mind public speaking because I feel like I got some shit to say. You know, sometimes I just had to be knowledgeable about it and be prepared. And I, I learned about it the day before. And um, I wasn't really super super prepared, but I thought it went good. But other than that, like just been you the guy around. who make jokes to get the whole crowd to laugh. You know, I was thinking about it though, cause I was telling one of my coworkers like I'm trying to. I was I was testing my openings on him. I was like, should I be like, I was gonna do like the fake Seinfeld, like uh, how Seinfeld be like, what's up with these airplane foods with the peanuts or some shit like that. I was gonna do that shit, or I was gonna do some shit like um. I forgot what other shit I was coming up with, but something I feel like it's something to break the ice is always good because then you got people smiling and yeah. got people like ready to listen to what you got to say. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a funny dude. It can't be forced though. Like, you got to be like off the top, you know? Yeah, but, dude, um, it, it can't be forced. But most yeah. of the time, like the jokes be something related to a gripe at the company that everybody got. Like that's no. Mm-hmm. Say so, yeah, I don't know what's going on with the the vending machines, but mm-hmm. you ain't never got any good chips, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's funny because the dude that went before me, he actually made a joke too. Like it was like I was like, okay, that hit, it hit. So yeah, that's just definitely a good strategy. And I think another strategy is just like eye contact. Like no matter how scared you are to look at the motherfuckers looking at you with the dry face, you might as well just mm-hmm. look at them and just say your shit confidently, and that's all you can do. You know, but um, other than that, I guess we can go ahead and get into these first topics. So uh, you want to intro that first one? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. So the first one, Joe Biden, and he proposed this junk fee bill. 
is to cut mm-hmm. the hidden fees from concert tickets, um, things pretty much related to Ticketmaster that you would think. Anything that they would sell, you get these service fees and all these extra attachments. When you finally get to the ending and you're checking out, you think your ticket is going to be about 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up being a hundred bucks. You're like, how the how the hell did it get to a hundred dollars for one ticket? Yeah. So it's really some crazy shit. It seemed like a first world problem. Joe Biden fed up, and uh, he listening to these boomers saying we, mm-hmm. we we tired of this. I think it was something with that Taylor Swift thing that happened, right? Where they, that something happened with the site, and that's why tick, Ticketmaster has been kind of under fire. I can't remember exactly, but um. I've been hearing about this actually. I watched something about um, you know people, two people that wrote a, a article on it, and I'll link that below because I forgot what their names are. But so they were kind of talking about like how Ticketmaster kind of they own. So like basically they pay the venues to have like exclusivity. So like when they when they get tickets and stuff like that, um, they'll actually sell it to the people like for a high. So like so let's say it's Fox Theater. Fox Theater have a hundred tickets and then but they're sold through Ticketmaster, but Ticketmaster can sell it for however much they want, put on whatever fees. And so there's kind of like the middleman between the artist and you know the venue. And so that's kind of how they they became big. And that's that's how they started taking advantage because they they can charge whatever they want on their fees because that's they the only definitely way you, do. Yeah, that's the only way you you're gonna get a ticket to go see Drake or to go see Taylor Swift or whoever, you gotta go through them. So um, the price be I, about I don't have double. Yeah, it really do. It really do. Um, so I don't see a problem with this. Do you see a problem with it? I'm happy for it. I'm one of those people when I buy tickets, I'm sick of all the hidden fees. I think you should just have to tell me straightforward how much the, the entire price is going to be. Don't hide the price from me. That's my problem. Um, I know they has this law in, I think, the mayor of New York. He put the law to Ticketmaster and kickstart this kind of idea off. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to give New York uh, a little bit of props there. Starting this type of bill, um, get it going. And the, the whole idea behind it. Yeah, I mean, if any, if it cuts price a little bit. Because what, what exactly is a fucking hit of fee anyways or service fees? Like, why do you need like... 30 40 dollars for a ticket like what exactly are you servicing or what do you have to do it's literally just money in their pockets you know like it can't i mean maybe it goes to like oh hosting a website or uh something they have to pay the venue for or something like that but i doubt it's for anything but to pad their pockets to be honest um and so it looks like the rule is supposed to cut the fees from about 31 dollars on average to eight dollars that's a huge you know that's a huge you know decrease so yeah because companies are like you're right about that they're just pocketing in that extra money and hey they're just uh building up their profits for the company and probably using the money for who knows i mean they could be using that money to hire more people which could be a good idea on the back end um they're probably using it to more research or more venues more artists and try to expand to different different countries and things of that nature. They're probably using it for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, but that's any company. You would uh, want to do that. You want to expand. But yeah, that makes sense. In terms of the customer and everything, it's like we're we're not meant to pay for all of that. Like we're just trying to go to our fucking soccer game or a basketball game. We shouldn't be paying for your entire company and trying to do all that. It's that's ridiculous. And you know, one of the other things is it's not only hurting the consumer, but it's also hurting the artist too, because we don't know what what type of cut they getting from the ticket sales, and you know, like right. Because it was an example. Uh, damn, I can't remember the band, but it was a band from the '90s. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, because um, if it was an artist and like the ticket was like forty bucks or forty something like that, but, oh, I want to want to see this one, and then it gets up to the price about, I'm gonna estimate like seventy, eighty dollars for ticket. Like, ah, uh, I don't know if I want to pay that to see this person. You, you'd be like, I'm, I'm gonna go see someone else. Exactly. 
So that hurts the artist and that hurts the, the consumer who really wanted to go see this shit. But it's like, I mean, I'm not about to pay all that. Yeah. You know? And not many people go like straight to the venue. Like really, if you go right to the venue and pay for it, you can get the straight up price without all that service fee shit. Yeah. I don't know how many more people don't do that. Like just go and pick up the ticket themselves like before. I don't know. I think it's probably just because... Um, just because of convenience, you know, just having that phone, the ticket on your phone and you don't got to go to the box office to go pick up the ticket and then get in line. Like, it makes sense. Like, it's easier. You will cut some of the price at least. Yeah, for sure. Doing it that way. but Yeah, absolutely. But, um, so yeah. And then, so like, I kind of also, like, before we get off of this, uh, we were talking about the artists and stuff. Like, I think it's ways for artists to take that power back. Like, I know uh, it's this band called Grateful Dead, and what they were doing was they were just doing, they was getting all out the mud, like totally in-house. So if they had a concert, they would send it to their email list or their mailing list, and they'd be like, yo, you know, we having a, a, a venue or a show here, you know, here's the tickets, we're going to sell it at a decent price, and like, that's what it is, like, versus going through Ticketmaster and, you know, kind of, you know, hiking up the prices for people. So like, I think artists need to, like, maybe like a Beyonce or a Drake or somebody need to take this, you know, take the power back. Like this, we just letting these corporations run away with shit. Like, how you a middleman for tickets? Like, that's just some crazy shit to me. But yeah, and uh, it's a bunch of websites that are taking advantage. That's why I like the competition. I like stuff. Uh, I like some of these uh, different ticket, vivid tickets, and it creates competition. If you can have less fucking fees somewhere else that's why i search around i always look when i try to buy a ticket because service fees i don't want to pay double i'm just trying to pay the best price as a consumer and that's what i care about that's that's a great word you said though competition like you know you can go to expedia you can go to priceline.com you can go to you know just to book a flight or whatever like mm-hmm. why is it just i mean there there is you know there is a. Uh, you know, other like you said, Vivid Seats or Seat Geek and stuff like that. But at the same time, yeah. Ticketmaster has these contracts with these venues with a large amount of them. So it's like it's almost like a monopolization. They got most of the tickets. Yeah, so it's like I don't know, it's just kind of fucked up. But all in all, I think you know Joe Biden. You know, he he did some good shit this time. You know, I can't even hate on him this time. I just feel like there's more important things. But <laughs> true, I, I do agree with this one as well. Like I do want this too. So. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna hate on it. Yeah, small wins, small wins. So, what's but the I, next topic that we got here? So, uh, let's kind of talk about. We'll just go down the list as it is. Um, so, so I guess there's something about. So, the FDA kind of released, uh, you know, a warning about a rare heart inflammation from the Pfizer and Moderna Moderna vaccines. Uh, that sounds kind of yep, scary. Yeah, the COVID, COVID vaccines. Yep, yeah, yep. If you didn't know, yeah, that's the COVID uh, vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna. It's kind of scary though. Like I didn't, you know, people been saying that though. All the anti-vaxxers been like, "Oh, it's making our kids autistic and it's making, it's 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 killing people." But I mean, is this actually substantial evidence? You know, if the FDA that's is the thing. This? I don't know. We we came up with the cure faster than we ever did before. But that also comes with some risk. You don't know the long-term effects of the cure you're making until the time goes by. But in my opinion, I think you get wins and losses. Like COVID, in terms of our generation, was the most deaths and the quickest we've ever seen in such a small window of like our our grandparents, our um people we didn't even know around the neighborhood who could have had underlying issues. Right. All those people who passed and very quickly. So it's like the government had to get together and come up with a solution. But in the end, it turned out maybe it could be some side effects. It's possible. But at the end of the day, did we end up saving more lives? Because I think so. I think so. Like, we want to get the solution. We want to go back to our normal. People are sick and tired wearing the mask and being around people. Um, people want to get back out and go to school. Um, they want to go party. They want to go eat at their favorite restaurants. They didn't want to have a curfew. So, 
I, I, I believe that like, yeah, there was going to be some necessary evils and that's what this is. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like we got we got to find a way to get back to some sense of normalcy. And, um, you know, they prepared these vaccines for us. They were so gracious enough to do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, let's like let's explain the problem a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. OK. So the issue there is they're saying. The Pfizer Moderna vaccines, they could be um, a warning about heart inflammation which is a very serious issue. It could definitely reduce your lifespan. Um, I, I don't know. The thing is like the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, they did put out a statement saying the vaccines are safe and effective and that the heart side effect is extremely rare. rare. So they're telling us that it's not that often. So do we believe that? Like, I don't know. Only time will tell, you know. Um, and I mean, I think it's probably hard to to figure out. Oh, he got the vaccine. Now he has heart inflammation. I don't know how easy it is to to find that cause and effect that like this vaccine definitely caused this. It could be, yeah, and you know, it's, and it's government officials and doctors that's telling us. So it's like, who else should I believe? I know. We always be uh, debating with like if the government and whatever is really telling us the truth. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know too much about the FDA. I think that's the Food and Drug Administration. I don't really know too much about how they get down and how they. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's, if they very truthful or I don't know if they like accurate. I would assume so because they they regulate a lot of things that go into our bodies. So I would assume that they cool, but. Yeah. I don't want to be no conspiracy guy like, oh, they, they just been lying to us. I mean, they had the whole issue with the, the, the Hulu show that talked about pills, opiate, opiates and shit that was given to people. And they had the whole Hulu series about how the FDA was changing rules. And... Damn, for real? Yeah. I gotta check that out. I mean, I talked about the show earlier. Like, it's it's a very popular show. Uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah, give me the name later. But uh, dope sick, dope sick, dope sick. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, they changing rules and shit. You know, I feel like it's it's one of the things you gotta be. You know, you gotta be privy to at the time because a lot of this shit might just go by the wayside unless you're reading articles. You know, there's low key a rumor going around about like this and everything with the FDA is. When they came out with this cure, they had to go through a bunch of trials and tests and everything. And they had a date there, um, apparently for, we were supposed to get the study back, talking about what it could do to the heart and blah, blah, blah. And all the information had to be turned in by this date. Mm -hmm. And the end of the year went, which is, was apparently the due date. And when people went back and look at it now, that due date is like next year. So... Someone pushed the due date back of when they were supposed to get the study in related to like heart issues and um, the people looking into that. Really? Giving them more time to look into it and and keep that knowledge back to keep the public from getting over where I'm be like, oh shit, we, we all took this shit. Like it could. So, so, so it's supposed to have like bad information or they want to make sure they had the right information? I think they, they, of course, they explain that it's like they want to make sure they have the right information, like have more time to look into it. But it's one of those things that the information should have been given to us by a date for it to be available everywhere to the public. Yeah, that's important. I feel like that's that's something that we need to know. You know, if it's something that we need to be, you know, ahead of. But I don't think COVID would have killed me any, per se, anyways. True. That's true. Right. I mean, me either. I had it a couple times. And I didn't feel like I was going to die, but I guess you never know. Yeah, I had a couple times too, so. Yeah. But I did have it on, like, the vaccine, so I didn't have it without the vaccine. I think I, I think I had it once with and once without. And it didn't really feel that different to me, but. So it could have been way worse, at least that's what I think, without the vaccine. So to me, it seems like the better of two evils, but, hey, I didn't have COVID without it, so. It could have been the same shit. I might have just been over it within a few days. Mm -hmm. 
I just realized this episode is not going to be monetized because we talking about the vaccine and anything <laughs> vaccine related is like, all right, get this shit out of here. <laughs> so, but it's all good though. It's all good. Hopefully y'all enjoying the content so far. Um, I guess just to wrap it up with this vaccine shit, I think that, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just kind of waiting on this shit to come out for, you know, real information because we need this information. I don't, I mean, did you hear about Biden talking about like, oh, we about to, you know, downgrade it from a pandemic to an endemic now, you know, for COVID. Have you heard about that? I thought that was already, I thought it was already downgraded. Uh-uh. I think sometime in March or in May, I think they're going to download it or downgrade it. Excuse me. I, I, to be honest, I feel like it's not even a pandemic. Like no one's stressed about the COVID no more. Nobody don't give a fuck. Like that shit's the flu now. Like go get your shot and move on. I mean, that's true, but you ain't got to, just because somebody ain't stressed about it don't mean it's not still a pandemic though, you know, but I don't think that there's a worldwide emergency like it was before, like cases have gone down significantly. doesn't look like it's a crazy rise right now, so I'm not mad at that either from Biden. It don't look like Biden. it's really causing a lot of deaths anymore, which is, was the yeah. issue. Um, I, like I heard the death rate was only, it was only similar to the flu. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so. I've heard they just hyped it up. Some people believe they just hyped up the story, saying the death rate was relative to any a bunch of other disease that are common. So, yeah, but I mean, people would die that didn't have to die though. You know, like if we would have stopped the spread at some point, then we wouldn't. A lot of people wouldn't have had to die, but they was probably weak anyway. Like <laughs> their immune system was probably already. No, let me let me not do that because people really lost folks <laughs> off of COVID. So let me not. I ain't gonna talk about that, but. Um, yeah, man, I guess all in all, I guess we'll see what happens, you know, with this, uh, with the real information, like FDA, tell us the truth, man. Tell us something, you know? Yeah. So let's go ahead and get to this next thing that I got here. And it's related to superhuman algorithms that could kill everyone in due time. That's what researchers is warning. And this is the Oxford researchers. The warning of the danger of artificial intelligence surpassing human power. They're calling for regulation to protect society from advanced algorithms and advanced AI can work game theory is what they're calling it so that it stays a steep head of efforts to end its power. So I, the thing is like AI, in my opinion, it's going to pass human intelligence. That's what it's meant for. That's literally why we built it. Yeah, pretty much. We want it to work like a human brain. And also, we're trying to mix that with like the technology of a microprocessor that can work billions of times faster than the human brain could ever imagine. Like, so we can do a bunch of solutions faster and come up with solutions faster than we ever did. So, yeah, that's the point. That's why when I see like these type of uh, articles. They're saying, oh, these AI can get a lot smarter than humans. They're going to take over, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's literally, in my in my mind, like, duh. Of course. You never think we should just slow down with this AI shit, though? Like, can we just, like, <laughs> can we just stop right quick? Like, let's just stop and evaluate and see what, what's going on. Because I think it's, we done talked about it before on this podcast. Like, if if it gets too smart, you know, how... How would it affect, you know, humanity? You know, so I'm thinking like maybe we should just slow down and like kind of take a look and be like, all right, so this is where we don't need to apply it. This is where we do. If we do apply it here, this is what will happen. Like do some real analysis before we jump straight into it and then we're all dead or we're all out of a job, you know? I feel like we all watched movies too much. You think so? Entertainment and what they feel like technology could do and... People are too scared of what technology can do and how quick it can move. I think we should move as fast as technology is capable of. I think we should push it even further. I think we should put more money in technology and we can try to advance society to, uh, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, when you think about it, when I was a kid, I had the phone in the wall like I was still spinning the wheel like for numbers 
Damn, y'all had that phone? Yeah, that was my first phone. That's crazy. I didn't even know they made them back then. That that shit was already obsolete at that point. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was broke. So <laughs> I, plus I was a little kid and yeah, I remember I had one of them like Disney phones or whatever with the smiley face, or whatever. You could just like call people. I used to call my my fam, whatever. Yeah, I mean we had the block phone, we had the Nokia, we had the the razors, the katanas. I think the idea of we were going from even big ass TVs to flat screens in every home and everything like that. Like that's amazing. How we're able to go from FaceTime and pretty much do internet and follow everything just from a handheld device that took multiple devices back in the day. It's amazing. Yeah. Like all that technology, I feel like we shouldn't hamper it. We should be pushing for to go as fast as possible. You're right. That technology, yes, but with AI, I'm like, can we slow down? Like, let's let's just slow down. That's the advancement, though, of like technology. It's like the AI will be able to come up with solutions and everything quicker than we can. Like, that's that's true. That's true. And my that's that's why I said that's why I prefaced everything in that general sense, saying AI is a, a human brain, but works a lot millions of times faster. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now let me uh so the reason why I'm like let's let's slow down a little bit because I read this article the other day. I don't know if you heard of Chat GPT. So Chat GPT is like an AI um an AI tool that people have been using and just playing around with that can, you know, output some stuff. You know, you input something it'll output something. So this uh, article from Business Insider is talking about the 10 roles that AI is most likely to replace. So I'll run through these real quick. Um, so the first one is tech jobs, so coders, computer programmers, data analysts. We have media jobs, so advertising, content creation. We have legal industry jobs, so paralegals, legal assistants, market research and market market research analysts, teachers, finance jobs, so financial analysts, personal finance advisors, traders, so like day traders on like you know on Wall Street. Graphic designers, which we've seen the AI art and stuff like that. If the AI can do it, then well, why do we need them? And then accountants and then customer service agents. So that's why I'm like, let's slow down because these are a lot of sectors that people are in. Like five years ago, everybody was telling us, oh, get into IT, get into coding. You know, it's going to be big. But then now AI might be, you know, might replace that or might, you know, n- might make it for a need where we need less people in IT now. So it's like, I mean, we need repairs and we need people on the back end repairing this technology and doing maintenance of it. But we don't need, but then I'm just thinking that that'll make I mean, it, that, go ahead. It's a lot of jobs even now that we're thinking of, like McDonald's, fast food industry that are turning to these. You walk into any McDonald's now, they have, you can create your own order just by going to the kiosk. You don't, they don't even need a person in the front anymore. That is true, yeah. Or like, what's that shit? Self checkout at Meyer or Kroger or something. Yeah, groceries, Amazon grocery stores, and things of that nature. They already have those. Which they're closing down a lot of those. Actually, I just read an article about that. Taco Bell. They're talking about going. There's locations now that I just saw, fully automated. You just put in your order. Apparently, machines or whoever is in the back making it, and it just comes in comes down like a fucking uh, bank payment like you at the bank. I think that's cool. It's cool to imagine and cool to look at and cool to experience, but like, do we need it though? We don't need these things. Like we really don't need self-checkout. Like we really don't need an automated Taco Bell fully, you know? So I I don't mind it though. Cause to be honest, I don't need person to person like on fast food. Um, I feel, I feel like that creates a lot of issues with orders sometimes. Like, let me just type it in what I want or put it in myself. Um, cuts back on that human error. And then also, if you have a machine make it, cuts back on human error of fucking up your order. So you're also saving ingredients. So I feel like there's some benefits behind it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it also, of course, it affects jobs related to like high school students, middle school students or someone like that, or even people 
um, after that time. Like those people who want jobs, they're gonna have to go pick up a trade or something. Yeah, which is cool. We need nurses and we need, um, you know, other type of workers. We need people to fix cars. Yeah, we need mechanics. We need farmers. You know, things like that. Yeah, people make houses. Yeah, we need carpenters, all those type of people. So yeah, that's true. They could, but it is a whole lot of every, you know. Every time I do go to a fast food restaurant, I, I don't be seeing teenagers. <laughs> I can't. I can't think of the last time I went to a fast food restaurant and it was the actual high schooler or somebody that I thought to be a high schooler. So it's like these are real adults that just don't have those trades. They don't have that education to get nothing better. It seemed like so. It's like taking that away from them, like them, they're gonna be down bad you know if, if it's really i don't know i, I just feel like i'm empathetic about it because i can see where they might feel like damn you know where can i go from here you know the mcdonald's up the street but maybe that will incentivize like you said people to go and get that trade and go pick up uh welding or go pick up you know something something like that so you can have you know positive positive or it could be negative it could cause more crime um more resentment yeah, people already hate the rich. So, yeah, we will see. All right, so, like, yeah, get into this next topic. Tom Brady, he's finally retiring. And he posted on social media saying he don't want all these news outlets to get the audience confused. Like, last year, he already put out a big letter that he was retiring. But it looks like he's finally retiring this year. And I think he's done. What do you think? <laughs> I think I mean that's cool that he done for the you know done for now I don't know if it has anything to do with his life at home oh yeah do he said he want his family back in the in the, uh in the conversation about him and he's like yeah I'm, I'm be with my family um I, I appreciate all you guys the fans well he said he football. appreciates them but he ain't say he want to give he need him back need them back you know he definitely spoke on his family though i don't know that shit crazy i i just think he re, i think i just think he was doing some bozo shit like why would you sacrifice your family for what What they went eight and nine this year the bucks i don't know like they, they was under 500 like what was the point of you coming back just to look not as good or maybe he did look good this season i have no idea but to me, it's just like, okay, you great. You already solidified your legacy before this year, before the year before last. Like, he'd been solidified it. So, you good. Like, whenever you want to drop out, you could drop out to me. And they got rings. The thing about Tom Brady is, is he's a competitor. And having someone like that in the league, it's fun to see. It brings in dollars. So... It's just not exciting to watch without Tom Brady. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. It's definitely, there's a lot of exciting quarterbacks out there right now. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, what's Brett's name? Jalen, uh, Jalen Hurt. Is that a quarterback? I don't watch football, so I don't, I don't want to expose myself, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's exciting quarterbacks out there to watch. It's, it's exciting running backs. Like, he's not the only one. And we've been watching this since 2001. It was, just go home, bro. What's what is so what is so scary about going home? <laughs> like, you know. Well, at the end of the day, I, I I wanted to say, Tom Brady, you are the best football player who ever lived. Um, you, I mean, you pretty much cemented that. Like, you got all the rings. You you did all the accolades. You play all them years, and. Congratulations to your legacy, you and your family. You are the epitome of what an NFL player should try to be. <laughs> Get the fuck out of this nigga. <laughs> I don't know why I just be feeling like you're full of shit. <laughs> you are the epitome. No, but I think you're right, though. I think you're right. Because, I mean, to strive to be what he did and do what he did, like, a lot of niggas will never do that. It's like Michael Jackson. A lot of niggas not gonna break the records Michael Jackson broke already for a long time. So I mean, it was it was good to see him. Unless good you to see Drake. him play. Drake ain't breaking Michael Jackson records yet, or maybe yeah, huh. I don't know. 
You don't know about the boy. All right. Anyway. That's cool. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm curious to know. Let me see. I'm, I got. I got to Google this. Uh, Drake Michael Jackson records. Well, he has a song called Michael. Oh, he did have that song with Michael Jackson on. You remember that from uh, Scorpion? No. Exactly. Rappers asking, did I hit it? You know I did. <laughs> yeah, you know I did. <laughs> is, that a Drake, is that a Drake bar? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Off of her loss. I'm not, I'm not that, uh, that well versed on, on Drake. But, um, but yeah, man, I think, uh, yeah, like you said, like, you know, he's the epitome. He's like a, the uh, streetwear rapper. We just talk about lifestyle. Drake? Yeah, like Drake is. Not really. I would say like more like A-Side Rocky and like give me that vibe, like the fashion vibes. Is that what you mean? A-Side Rocky, nah. I'm saying like how in terms of like how they so true to the brand and their lifestyle. Like that's what streetwear is to me. Like it's it's the essence of them. Hmm. Okay. That's how I view streetwear at least. And when I think of a rapper and someone who's so true to who they are, that's Drake. Like he's so true to all his relationships, his life, his his family. Like he's just true to that. That's why he's like the streetwear brand of music. Like it's a weird take. I, I don't know. I'm just. Oh, that's an interesting concept. I'm trying to. I'm trying to formulate it. I'm. I'm we gonna come back to that though. I'm like ASAP Rocky though is like more or less like like champs. Damn champs though, because you know champs the last like you know because Foot Locker finish line they get the shit first and the champs get it last. So ASAP Rocky is champs. Like it was a good brand. Yeah. Like it was some dope shit. Then it kind of went out of style, and then like it kind of came back and went at a higher price. Like it's still here. It's still here. And then like, I don't know. I, to me, that's how like chances. It's like ASAP Rocky and music. Hmm. That's very interesting. I don't know, but it's still I, okay. It's still like it's still a dope brand. Like I still grab some champs underwear or something. Like I don't know. That's crazy how everything shit always be coming back to music somehow. I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> we were talking about Todd Brady, but uh. Since we already talk about music, let's go ahead and get into our love and hate game. So we talk about three different songs that we heard throughout the week, and then we talk about if we love them or do we hate them. So let's go ahead and get into it. So the first one that I have for you this week, let's talk about uh, Blow Up by ESTG. Love or hate? So it looks like ESTG just released a couple new songs. They're typical ESTG fashion. They're hype songs songs that you probably will play in a club or any type of street bar or whatever it's uh it's some good music on there like it's a good song mm-hmm. I it it's not that it's not that too different compared to his other music like it's uh all kind of the same so i'm, I'm gonna say love okay like it was, it was okay. dope so you like when he stay in his own lane, his typical lane? Yeah, I don't mind that for him. Okay. Because it's just like his style, like his voice in particular. Um, it's one of those kind of like monotonous voice. Mm-hmm. He kind of just stays in his own. I don't know how it would sound if you started trying to sing or try to do different. Like I feel like he's good in his own his own lane. No, for sure. Like Young Jeezy in a sense. I think so too. I mean, at at this point, yeah. Or Gucci. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. So I'm gonna go ahead and name off your first one here. Alrighty. Um, OGZ featuring Cash Kid, Giga Leak. This shit was hard. <laughs> like this shit was so. Like OGZ came through. Like OGZ started the song off. Um, he kind of had his. You know, he was doing his thing. He was talking his shit, talking about. Pills, pills he popping, lean he drinking, girls he fucking, all that type of shit. It was dope. But then Cash Kid, like Cash Kid, man, 
I think more people need to pay attention to Cash Kid, uh, who is a rapper from Detroit. I think he's from the East Side. Um, man, that that might be the best verse I heard in 2023 so far. I ain't gonna lie. Like that nigga snapped. He like <laughs> let me see if I can pull up these bars. Cause he really like he said a bar that just like it, it, I can't even like it, it just blew my mind because it was just so creative. Like it was something like um um, Man, Detroit rappers do come up with some of the hardest bars. No, they do. It'd be so simple, but it's still, it's something that's so relatable as well. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I think that's one of the magical parts about, you know, Detroit music is like, yeah, it's, it's relatable, but it's very creative. It's also very braggadocious talking shit. Like, I think it's super dope. I can't pull up the lyrics for some reason, but. So I don't want to misquote the bar, but no, nah, he he snapped on that, so I'm automatically say love on that one for sure. So check that one out. Yeah, uh, definitely gotta check it out. Let's go ahead and get into your next one, man. My guy, man, R.P. Lucky. Uh, let's talk about "Long Way to Go" by Lucky. Love or yeah, hate? They just released this song, and it's amazing. It's the best Lucky song I've ever heard. Okay. And I'm, I'm not going to say I was a big Lil' Key fan before, but I feel like if he dropped this shit when he was alive, it would have went up. And I don't know who was in the background to do too much uh, deep diving, journalistic type of look into this particular song, but whoever made it. They did a great job. I don't know if he made this song but prior to his passing or was it afterwards? But it seemed like everything was put together. Like he probably made this song before and maybe he would have been releasing it in the future. It's very polished. It sound, his, it, all his uh, vocals and everything sound amazing on this record. So, and I love the hook. And I, I gotta go with love. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I'm kind of scared to listen to this one. You don't like to listen to shit because when people die. Yeah, I really don't. I don't want to. I don't want to tarnish his legacy of what I've, I think about Lil' Keith and his music. So I'm like scared to listen to it. But if you talking about it's the best Lil' Keith song you ever heard, I'm like, damn. I might actually have to listen to this. Um, but yeah, man, I think. Uh, I don't know. Some po and I just saw something about Juice World's uh his last posthumous album is gonna be coming out soon too. So I guess y'all be on the lookout for that shit. I don't know if I'm gonna hear that either, but it's coming out. And um I guess I get it. You know, you gotta get the money after these folks pass away and all that shit. But it's just the fact that people wanna hear the music. Like I wanna hear it, like put it out. That's true, but as I've said many times, is that what the artist really would have dropped in that same order with those beats? It don't like, matter to me. At that time. As a consumer, I just want to hear it. I don't care whether they want to put it out or not. Like, I want everything. They just give it to me. Like, like when Kendrick dies, like, give me the whole vault. I want every single song he's ever, all the thousands of songs he's just sitting there on. Like, I feel like that's what he will want. Like, I want them all. I ain't going to like Kendrick probably got some boo-boo, though, <laughs> that he probably don't never want released. <laughs> To be honest, that's completely fine with me. Cause I know it's gonna be some, man, it's gonna be some heat. And like some real introspective shit that like, I know I wanna hear. Like, man, it, it, it almost like, it sucks to be like, man, I can't wait till this nigga die. Just so I can get that heat. Which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, a crazy that's a crazy thing to say. But I feel you. I understand. Because you don't even know if that shit going to come out anyway. Because it's like, yeah, this thing going to be stingy with it or they just going to give it to us. It's probably never going to drop, to be honest. Fuck around with yeah. Kendrick. We ain't going to hear you from just, him. You just, just got to be friends with that nigga to really hear it. Him and his uh, Dr. Dre album. I was talking to one of my homeboys the other day. He was like, yeah, you know, I work or um, this dude came into my job. You know, I did services on him. And he said he know Kendrick and he like work with Kendrick. and He does something for Kendrick. I'm like, bro, please get in contact with Kendrick. Like, we need to. <laughs> like, that would be crazy if, if I could really have a real conversation with him. It would be crazy. What you going to talk about? That's what I, I couldn't figure out. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to say to this nigga Kendrick? 
Like, what the fuck am I say? I don't know. What could I say? Like, bro, like, Fan that's out. section 80. Yeah, I said, that's section 80. <laughs> that's really hard. Like, you know, I don't know what I was talking about because I don't know what he would want to talk about. I wonder if I would cry. <laughs> that's funny. This nigga cried and crying. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I just, I just wonder. I'm like, everything gonna be all right. Look, oh my god, I don't know who I, who, who could you meet that you really cry about though? I don't know. To me, like me and Kendrick is like, I already said this shit. This is why I was like, ah, here we go, here we go. He's literally <laughs> above Tupac for me. Oh, so, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's the number one artist in my in my like. It's the fact that I know so much music and so many lyrics from him, like me and him in actual like human person. I'd be like, man, like I don't know. I feel like such a D writer because it's like he wrote that. Though. Like I don't know. Like I I I, I couldn't even I couldn't even, I wouldn't even want to bring up his own lyrics because like he just gonna be like yeah, like I know, like I'm him like right. <laughs> Well, it's, I, feel like, it, I feel like you got to talk to him about regular shit. Like you can't talk to him about his music because he probably hear that every day. The thing is, like, he I don't want to talk about like deep shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's what even be like. Like I want to get into like because I feel like he, he will understand like how my mind works, like my son, like my train of thought. Because I feel like listening to music, he's more, he's the most relatable to me. Like when I when I hear like, in ter- I'm gonna say he's most relatable to me in terms of his his connection with people and like how he views general people and and the ideas amongst what black people should thrive to be or or our love for black people that he feels like it's worth more than what what's been given so far. Yeah, I feel like he might not even want to talk about shit like that, though. He might not even want to talk about no deep shit, to be honest. That's how I feel, too. That's why I'd be like, I wouldn't even want to. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it'd just be, it'd be weird. Like, especially someone like you just met, like, you know, you're not trying to talk about that shit right there. Right, like, who is you, nigga? Like, state your name. State your purpose. They gotta, uh, everyone always looks into like what's your purpose or value or, but I don't know. But like, also, like in this music, he seems like the type of person like who finds uh, meaning between conversation with people with not much value or just general communication with people. He seems like he finds some type of value or something he could put in his music. Just in casual conversation. Yeah, I was gonna say you gotta you gotta provide value to him versus you trying to like. So it might not know. be it might not be like that. It might not be too cocky. It might just be. No, I don't think he cocky. I don't think it's cockiness. I think it's like who is you, nigga? Like what, what are we talking about? If we ain't talking about money, like what is what is we? Like I ain't grow up with you. Like what are we? <laughs> you fanned out over here crying. <laughs> like what am what are, what are we talking about? <laughs> Like trying to talk to him after you cried your eyes out is crazy. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Let's get let's get into the next one so we can wrap this shit up. Meek Mill, don't follow the heathens freestyle. Man, man, Meek Mill, yeah, he still got it. Which I don't think he ever lost it. I think that his his music was just not as good. I think. Like the expensive pain wasn't really like he was rapping on that shit, but it wasn't really as as good as it was. But this freestyle, like, it was very um, it was really more of the same shit. Like, it's, it's nothing. Excuse me, it's nothing that he never said before, but it just it's classic Meek shit. So I'm gonna always say love to that. Like them them ashy braid freestyles, like when he used to just be in the street with all his homeboys around him, like classic shit. So automatic uh automatic love for me for sure. Um, excited to hear something new, you know, some some good raps. But uh, all right, let's go ahead and get into your last one. So, Ruben Vincent, let's talk about Tricking featuring Domani, which is that Ti son? Yes, it is. Yeah, love or hate. And 
I saw this uh, project particular. A bunch of rappers have been promoting it on their page and go check it out. Cause because I had never heard of Ruben Vincent before. Yeah. That's one of Ninth Wonders artists, I think. Yeah. And Love is War is the project. I had heard it. And he actually is a Charlotte, North Carolina artist. Yes, sir. So I thought that was dope. So when I saw that, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and listen to the whole thing. And yeah, I mean, I was impressed by the project. It was it was pretty good. Okay. Okay. Just pretty good, though. Um, the song particularly here, Trickin', that I, that I chose to highlight featuring Domani, which is T.I.'s son. It started off with a comedian. And I guess I, got, I understood the vibe or whatever. And then they kind of just, like, use his voice as the chorus along the beat. And it kind of was like, trick a bitch, that's just wrong. Trick a, trick a, trick a, trick a bitch, that's just wrong. And mm. they kind of like, I understood it. Like, it was it was kind of like old school kind of song. <laughs> that's Cat Williams <laughs> at the beginning of that shit. <laughs> I just realized that. But okay, okay. Like, it was, it was I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Love. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Love because of Damani's verse, T.I. son. He, mm. went, he went crazy on his verse. Like, okay, okay. Giovanni carried the verse, like the song on this one. Really, and it was a, it was a good song. It was a dope song. Yeah, I've been hearing he could rap. I never heard his music though. Um, Me Domani neither, specifically. Not for real. Yeah, I don't know if he's dropped a lot at all. Well, but, um, I, I did hear that one song he's been putting out, um, Haya, or something like that. To me, it reminds me of like the Corday song. That mm. he came up with, that he got popped up with, that was kind of like karate chop or something. Okay, and okay. it was like a hype beat. He's along the same formula. He's trying to come in with that kind of song and get love from all the the top niggas. Maybe I, I don't know. He already got a love from like a lot of top lyricists because he's went on tour with rappers, Rhapsody, Big Crit, um, like so. Damani's like in that same vein or that crowd. Yeah, if you're going on tour with Rhapsody, you got to do something. Like you can't just be out there bullshitting. Ain't no so, way. Shout out to Tiasa, though, on that. Um, choosing a real lyrical route. Because he didn't have to. Definitely didn't have to. You fuck with him? Who, Damani? No, like I said, I ain't never really heard him like that. I'm, I just started listening to a couple of seconds, a couple of seconds of this high eye. And uh, it sounds good, I guess. I don't, you know, it's a wheezy beat. You know, wheezy out of here. So that sounds good, but I got to hear what he's saying. You know, so I'll dissect that later and report back. All right, I think is that it? I think we went through all of them. Oh no, I got one more. Oh yeah, yeah, Morgan Wallen. And then I got um. No, I, I talked about him. That, yeah, so the last one, the Morgan Wallen, last night. Yeah, so this dude, you know, for some reason, I just was kind of feeling like, let me listen to some country music today. I mean, to tell the truth, I really was like, uh, sometimes I just go on YouTube, look at the trending for music, and this was like number three. I guess this guy dropped like uh, three new singles, you know, recently. So this was the first one that I listened to last night. I thought it was pretty good. Um it was pretty simple though. I can't say it's nothing like super groundbreaking. He had a good voice, you know. The beat, the beat didn't sound like country music that I've heard before because I'm not no country kind of sort. But I thought it was pretty. I thought it was good, you know. I can't say love though because I wouldn't ever play this shit again because <laughs> it was really just like very simple writing structure, very simple um, beat, very simple guitar. And I, sometimes I like my music complicated, so. I don't know. Maybe that's what country music is all about. You know, I don't know. Because I'm not, a, like I said, I'm not too well first. But I guess I'm going to have to say uh, hate on this one, though. But I guess still shout out to that guy. I don't know. He might be racist, though. I don't know. I, I kind of assume every <laughs> every uh, country artist is, you know, at least a little bit. 
little bit, you know. I don't know. But anyway, though. So, uh, you know, that's been the Friends Podcast if you made it this far. so You got I'm any definitely... highlights? Oh, yeah. Highlights, highlights, highlights. That's a good question. Um, Yeah, I do got a highlight, which... um, So, this was... Usually, I like to highlight music. And this was like a couple of weeks ago. But I did want to highlight DJ Screw, who is the legendary, the originator of, you know, Chopped the Screw music. Like, the legendary... Legend from Houston, you know, like R.I.P. to him. But I was listening to Screw Tapes like all day one day, um, like a couple of weeks ago, and it was just it just felt good, man. Like I just wish I was around during them times when he was actually dropping that shit, and like niggas was just vibing to it, riding in the slabs, and you know, like whatever. Remember, what's the uh, you ever seen that still tipping video? Uh, Mike Jones, Slim Thug. Yeah, I saw it. You know how they like they be riding the cars and they be just like swerving and like going in and out. Yeah, I always wanted to do shit like that. Like it's just culture. I'll be doing that in a uh, highway, like for sure. <laughs> for what? Just like because? on a regular road, just be swerving through lanes. Just because? Oh, just because you're trying to get somewhere. People just drive too slow. That's why I know it's out here in Houston. People be taking their damn sweet time. And be like, hurry the fuck up. For real? I don't know. Like that wasn't my experience when I went down there one time. But you've been down there for a minute, so you could you know better than me for sure. They slow as fuck, Texas drivers. <laughs> a lot of traffic. It'd be a lot of traffic for sure. Damn. Tragic. But uh, all right, what you got to uh, highlight for for the people this week? This week, I'm gonna go ahead and highlight an anime show, uh, My Hero Academia. It's in its sixth season. This season has been the best season that I've seen so far for our anime fans out there. It's a very popular show. Um, they just had an all-out war. I don't want to break down too much of the information there, but um, to spoil it and get spoilers. But shout out to Deku, Bakugo, uh, Toriyoki, like the, the entire class A, they've been going crazy this season. Um, yeah, so make sure you go in and check out My Hero Academia, it's streaming on Crunchyroll as well as Hulu. Have you read the manga before or the manga? No, no, I didn't. Damn. Look pretty dope. Is this so? Is this one of the ones where you gotta like watch it from season one, or can you jump in at season six? Um, the thing was like I actually hated the last couple of seasons because it was real like childish. Because it's like it's all building up, and they're in high school and training and becoming better, better heroes and learning to control their powers and come up with new abilities with their powers and what they could do with it and they're all training under these heroes being assistants and just building up their hero image and deciding who they are as a hero Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's a really good show and that's what majority of all the seasons back and then they also have the villains and the whole society of villains and they have a different view of society and it kind of this season's really getting to the idea of what's the idea of a real like who's really the hero and what's really right and what's wrong and are we trying to just uplift this um plastic society of pretty much this group of people is all successful, and then there's another subset of people who's all being um, victimized. Mm. So, yeah, it's it it's it, it, it gets real. It gets more deep this season, which is what I, I really like about this one. Like it gets really into it. It's not so childish. It's more backstory. It's it's war. It so it's a lot of good fights going on. So yeah, make sure you go in and check out My Hero Academia. Yeah, man, check it out. Check out DJ Screw Tapes. You know, anyone, anyone, you could probably find some classics on there. But uh, 
other than that man this has been the friends podcast man thank you so much for listening if you got this far and we out Mm -hmm. peace and love